Hey guys, listen up. I know these days when you watch the news, it feels like it's one hit after another and it's all bad news for the economy. Well, let me give you some good news. It's not all that bad when it comes to real estate. Let me explain. You see a year ago, man, real estate was hot, hot, hot. Everybody and their brother was trying to go out and buy another house. What did that mean? It was so competitive that a lot of folks got discouraged. So let me ask you, have you thought about buying a house in the last couple of years, but maybe just couldn't win a bid. I used to hear that all the time. Well, now is the time to buy. Yes. Interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but what that's created is an opportunity for you. A year ago, it wasn't uncommon for there to be more than a dozen offers on a home, many of which were over list. That is not the case today. So if you got discouraged once before about trying to buy a new house, now's the time to take another look. Now, yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but you're not going to overpay for the home, but here's what you will do. You'll stop throwing your money away on rent and now you'll get a greater tax deduction. That's right. You see at the end of the year, you're going to get a statement from your mortgage company that shows how much interest you paid and you get to write all of that interest off. That means you could get a huge tax deduction. You never get that as a renter. Not only that homes are still going up in value. Don't believe the hype. All of the economists believe long-term Real estate always works out. Let me give you an example. Maybe way back when in the housing collapse of 2008, you bought in 2007 and maybe overpaid. Buddy, if you hung in there, that house is worth a whole heck of a lot more now. If you've played in the stock market, you know what I'm talking about. You only lose money when you throw in the towel. Real estate long-term always performs well. So here's my advice to you. Date the rate, marry the house. Find the house that you and your family love long-term because here's what's not long-term these higher rates. I've yet to see a single economist who doesn't agree with me that rates are going to return. So doesn't it make sense to get the house you want right now? And then when rates improve, man, just get a lower monthly payment. In the meantime, you'll enjoy a greater tax deduction and that property is going to continue to appreciate, meaning you're building equity and wealth for yourself. Not only that, how about this? We're going to save you some cash at buywithconrad.com. We're going to give you the peace of mind of a seven-year guarantee. When rates improve over the next seven years, not if, but when, that's my prediction, we'll refinance you again with no new origination points. Think about that. That could save you thousands of dollars and give you the peace of mind of knowing that you got the right house for your family right now. And then when the rates improve, man, get a lower monthly payment. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to hurry to buywithconrad.com. That's the first step. You tell us how much you want to put down and what you want your monthly payment to be. We get you approved and then you go shopping just like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you've thought about buying a house over the last couple of years, but you got discouraged, now's the time to take another look. Let me run the numbers for you right now. You'll be glad you did at buywithconrad.com. DDP Snake Pit fans, what's going on? It's time for another edition of the Snake Pit right here on Podcast Heat and AdFreeShows.com. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the Bonafide Hall of Famers themselves. First, we got Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, what's going on today? How you doing, man? Oh, man. We're going to tread some heavy water today. Yeah. You're not kidding. Going because in deep, and I love going in deep. You know that because I like look, to hear the truth. I feel bad for you because you're surrounded by three Jersey guys here today. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's well, they rough. can't help it. That's rough for you because we got Diamond Dallas Page as well. DDP, how are you, my friend? I'm great, man. And we're bringing in my, 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 my fellow Jersey boy in here today, known back in the day as Enzo Amore. I still call you Enzo. I probably will forever. But better, <laughs> but better known today as real one um and we've been really trying to get uh enzo to get down here and uh be a part of this podcast because you know today you're back out you're 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 independent i've, I've seen a bunch of your shows doug sends me stuff of you out there and yeah. dancing and prancing around and you know causing a, a tussle with the, in the independent scene and, yeah. and you got your and you got your music yeah. you got your music going but the thing that I, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about for a long time, we've talked about it privately, but I've been wanting to bring it here because Jake doesn't really know the story. No, I don't. And, and a lot of people don't really know the story. 
But everybody's I, got a view on it, though. Yeah, everybody's got a view on it. And before I say anything, before I ask any questions, before John chimes in, for anything, I know you got a statement that you wanted to read. So why don't you read that for starters? Absolutely. Uh, forgive me if it takes a second. Uh, my name is Eric Arndt, first and foremost. Uh, played Enzo Amore, a character on television. But uh, you just said something before this interview started, Jake. It was one of the most brilliant things I've heard. And I think he just like by the wayside, like just said it not thinking, but it was so real. He said, your imagination, their imagination will take you places you've never been. Right. Their imagination will take you places you've never been. My silence uh, and the lack thereof communication has probably taken me places I've never been. Put you in the worst spot ever. And put me in the worst spot ever at times. But let me just start. Uh, I worked hard on writing this. And uh, this is kind of the first time I'm doing anything like this. So um, just bear with me. My name is Eric Art. I always wanted to be a wrestler since I was a kid. My opportunity came about from a gym I was going to when I was in high school and college called DeFranco's. Joe DeFranco was the owner and a mentor. Joe received a phone call from Paul Levesque, Triple H, who wanted to start training with him. I began to film my workouts and got a tape together that Slow ended up. Down. Slow it down. Slow it down. I'm a I rapper, guys. Reading. I'm I a know. rapper. I know, but you're not rapping now. All right. You're, you're, you're spilling the truth. So. All right. Um, I began to film my workouts and I got a tape together that ended up going viral on Barstool Sports. Joe showed that viral video to Triple H, who saw something in me, and I was given a chance to try out for the WWE. They flew me out to Tampa for a tryout, and I got the job. I was not a professional athlete. I was undersized, and I never wrestled before. So I showed up to work every day at 5 a.m. and waited on the steps for my boss to open the door. Less than a year into pro wrestling, less than a year into pro wrestling, Dusty Rhodes gave me a microphone on NXT TV. That opportunity changed my life forever, my family's life, and I'm forever grateful. John Cena was at NXT that day I debuted. John Cena saw something in me and asked me to join him in the ring again with a microphone in the main event. I asked John if my friend Big Cass could join us on the mic. I was so new and green, I didn't realize that I had just booked myself a tag team partner. Me and Big Cass said S-A-W-F-T soft. John Cena repeated it, and the rest was history. When me and Big Cass got called up to Raw, we were thrown right into the spotlight. Overnight, we became the number one merchandise sellers in wrestling. Nothing could have prepared me for the experience I was about to have, good or bad, even though through a nightmare, I'm blessed to have lived my dream. You're only famous for the first time once, and there's plenty of things I could have done differently. You live and you learn, and I made mistakes. Who you surround yourself with can be as detrimental to the journey as the work it takes to get where you want to be. Destination is another word for goal. When you're in the car with the wrong people and not paying attention, you might be very well heading in the wrong direction. I was young, naive, and had a lot of growing up to do. With that said, one thing I would never do is hurt a woman physically. And this is the first time I'm telling my story. I was raised with God as the backbone of my family, and I've respected the physical sanctity of woman my entire life. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, I got thrown out because I fought a guy who assaulted my female friend. He went to jail. I'm still friends with that girl, and she was one of the first people to reach out to me after I was fired. The reason most fail instead of succeed is because they give up what they want most for what they want in that moment. In a moment's time, I put myself in a situation that hurt people, and I hurt myself. You find out who your real friends are when you're hurt. Innocent till proven guilty, a fragile subject in a fragile world at a fragile time, I learned invaluable lessons in life through this experience, and I'm a better man for it. But I want people to know what happened to me didn't just happen to me. It happened to my entire family. It devastated them. In the blink of an eye, everything that I worked so hard for, dreamt of, it was all gone due to a tweet. It is important to note that I was never contacted by police or even questioned. No charges, no trial. Someone I was with in Phoenix on the alleged night of the incident received an email inquiring about a witness to a potential assault months after the fact. The person who emailed my acquaintance did not claim to be police, never mentioned me by name, nor did they ever have any further inquiries or emails. To be honest, I'd rather be an innocent man in jail than an innocent man paying someone hush money. But I never heard from police. I wasn't being extorted. I knew it didn't happen and wasn't true. 
I was never contacted by anyone, so I didn't see the need to say anything to anyone or the WWE. I was never given the chance to explain myself or my side of the story. On the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, I was set to wrestle Goldust, my mentor, Dusty Rhodes' son, in the Barclays Center in front of all my friends and family. I went through rehearsals and wasn't aware of this viral accusation just hours before the biggest Monday Night Raw ever. I was told to see Vince, who simply told me to go home and we'll be in touch. The last thing I said to Vince McMahon was, I'm a good person, you know it, and I don't deserve this. I left and I found out I was fired via Twitter the next day, and I received a phone call minutes later from Mark Carano saying I've been let go. I got fired and had to stay silent for 90 days. I never got the benefit of doubt. No one waited to see how the situation had played out. Those few months were so hard. I had to be silent, which wasn't easy for me, obviously. I was hurting because my family was hurting. Everyone who knew me as Eric Hart, not the character I played Enzo Amore, everyone who knew the real person, a son, a brother, a friend, a godfather, everyone knew that I would never do that. People may have a misconception or bad perception. <clears throat> People may have a misconception or bad perception of me because I stayed silent and made art at a time out of anger that spoke to my truth. But I condemn those who did what I was accused of and lashed out at those who believed I ever would. Navigating how to come out of this has not been easy. There have been times when I lost my mind, but through it all, I never lost my faith. I have incredible fans, friends, and family who have seen me through the darkest times. And through those fans and those people, I have been able to see the light at the end of the tunnel for everyone who's had my back and wants to see me make a comeback to wrestling for the world to see you deserve it. I deserve it. And I can't wait for the day I get to do what I love and that's make people smile. I'm grateful for the WWE and triple H for giving me a profound chance with no experience or training at a life worth living. I'm a pro wrestler and I wasn't then, but I am now and forever. I love wrestling. And I want to thank you if you've had my back. And if you don't, I hope that this opportunity here will allow you to see Eric and uh, that the imagination doesn't take me places I've never been. <laughs> exactly. So so bottom line is, you know, Vince calls you in, into the office, basically says, just go. You just know? go home, yeah. And, like... Make you know makes sense no matter what because what anything could have happened if you walked out there. Well, I said that to you. Yes. Uh, you know, I understood I, I, why they had to get rid of me at that time. Was I angry? Yeah, but I still understood. Right. Like, um, if I'm the biggest heel in the company at that time, the most hated character on your this TV show, this rare world of entertainment where you want to be hated, right. yeah. the only only <laughs> industry in the world, right? Yeah. And I'm a you heel. relish in it. You relish in it. And here I am doing my job, which, I mean, dang, bro, like to the best of my ability, to my detriment, right. um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, people couldn't see through it. And if I were to be on television that night or the next week, the crowd would have ate me alive. Right. Um, they would have chanted things that you would have had to bleep at home potentially. Yeah. And so I understood you like. Man, at that time, I'm, I'm a bad guy, and now you're putting me – wow. Like, it could have been really bad, and at a time, like I said, a fragile time, fragile situation, um, I understood why I was let go. My issue, I suppose, was just, you know, when you, when you, when you have to take that 90-day silence, and then you can't refute the claims, you can't – talk about it and you know there's a there's a carrot dangling in front of you of money those 90 days you're getting paid so do you want the money or you don't right well i'm going to take the money but then beyond that you know i never got a phone call from police i was never contacted that's just crazy to me you know for you to give yeah kids finish that i'm sorry yeah. so no it was just uh it was one of those things man where uh you know people people have this conception that i knew about it that I had an idea about it. Well, I, I, I personally looked into it because someone that I was with got an email from no one claiming to be police. They did not say they were a cop. They did not say they were law enforcement. They just sent an email and said, hey, uh, were you a witness to a sexual assault on this day in Phoenix? And that person then never responded and never got a further inquiry 
so I did my research and found out there was nothing going on. Meaning like I called the police through a lawyer and said, what's going on here? And they said, nothing like nothing to be worried about. Like you, you, you don't have anything to be Just worried about. The internet convicted you. The internet convicted me. Yeah. Um, on the night of the biggest raw in the history of raws. So imagine this human being is sitting there watching Twitter and the number one trend in the world is the biggest raw of all time. And you go, Oh yeah. Light bulb in my head. I had sex with that guy in October. Yeah. And I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And now it's January. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, man, let let, let me, let me, let me buzz into what this, whatever level this would come. There was a guy that, uh, was online because I saw this who was who knew that girl and pretty much busted her how how did that go down man I'll dude could you imagine like if this accusation came and then this girl was standing behind her father <sighs> and you know what I mean like my life might be over like I, I you know yeah, but this father of hers didn't believe her and sent her to rehab because she kind of tried to say she got date raped after she popped on a drug test and her own dad called the cops on Oh, that makes a lot of damn sense yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, she so, was just trying to pass the heat. Yeah. So now she's off. Her dad doesn't believe her in front of the police when she's going off to rehab, right? This is my understanding of it. And uh, so now I get it. Uh, the time period when it happened, the whole thing. I get it, man. But um, but who's sucks. the guy that freaking? But I, that I guy know. that you're speaking to, I'm talking man, about. he took me to my knees, and just thanked God, and just like, bro, like, imagine how broken I was in 24 hours, <sighs> and then within 24 hours of this tweet going out, her best friend has all this evidence on his phone of her bragging about having sex with me because they don't believe it. In a group chat, her friends are like, bullshit, you didn't sleep with that guy, you didn't meet that guy. And so this kid, this kid makes a video showing all these receipts of her bragging about me. Mm. And then he goes viral on the internet and gets like a million views the very next day, outing her as a liar. And then he puts links up to her YouTube page where she was on YouTube talking about how she faked her pregnancy to stay with her ex-boyfriend. And then another time where she accused somebody of sexual assault and it was all there for the world to see. Now she's on Snapchat and she's selling videos for money within 24 hours of doing this to me of her with her friend. All right, let's we don't have to get into all that. So bottom line is all that evidence came out and this girl couldn't have, like I couldn't have asked for a better accuser (laughs) because everyone knew this woman was lying. Right. And uh, the evidence came out and it saved my family. Like, imagine when that video came out, my mom and dad, man, what they were going through, bro. Like, bro, oh, wow. It was tough. And uh, and just, man, like that video saved my life. That kid, man, I can't like I get choked up thinking about that kid, bro. That kid saved my life. He had no reason to do that outside of the fact that he knew she was lying and she was trying no, to ruin he, my life. And that's what he said. It, it was right. It was right. It, it was, was right. right. You know, and. and- you but know, a lesser thank, man wouldn't have done it. Thank God for those that still go with that. Yeah. You know, the internet is a wonderful thing until it isn't. Right. And when it isn't, brother, trust me, I know. I've died three times on the internet, <laughs> which they'll somebody will put that out, and then one of my grandchildren will get it, and they freak out. Yeah. You know, then they're asking, Papa died, Papa died, Papa died, you know, and they're calling, Dad, you're dead? No, I'm not dead yet. No. <laughs> oh my I'm God. still here. They said you oh. were in a car wreck. They said you overdosed. They said, you know, whatever they can do. That's like whenever, whenever I was living with Dallas and getting myself clean, there were so many haters out there that didn't want it to happen, you know. And every now and then one would blast me, man, and it would bring me to my knees, you know, and, uh, or, or I'd go to a show and, and I'd hear somebody in the audience, you're still a fucking drug addict, you know, or, hey, you're some crack asshole, you know, shit like that. But that's going to happen. What happened to you, it, it, what happened to you is like the stuff that happened to me, except it got magnified 50,000 times. And it was very bad time. The worst night in the world that could have happened to you. Yeah. But here's the, timing, the thing, Enzo. And the, t- and the timing wasn't good either, right? Here, here we go, Enzo. Here's the question. 
Are you going to take off and live life with hate? Are you going to be that sweet kid, Eric? Yeah. No, I think that, uh, you know, when it happened to me, I was so resentful, man. So resentful, so angry. Made art, out of, made art out of anger, you know, the music at that time. And just like lashing out at anyone who opposed me, anyone who believed this thing, anyone who ever said anything bad about me, like, what was filling my heart was anger. That's not, dude, a heavy heart is not something to bear. No, you know? man. And, and you know that we, you came down here, this is back when we were trying to get, you know, Castle and, you know, get him straight. Yeah, and at that time. And that was were, years ago. And I wasn't having anything to do with wrestling. Oh, yeah, and you were so angry. Angry. You yeah. know, and that's why I didn't talk about any of that. That's why we never, we filmed you. We never, we never put it out there because you were still angry. Yeah. And it's got to come from a different spot. And I yeah. want people just to see who the real Eric is. That's Absolutely. why I don't want to, I don't want to talk to Enzo. Yeah. I yeah. want to hang with Eric. Enzo's fun. Okay. Put him in a box again. You know, cause I know, cause Diamond Dallas Page could be the same way. Yeah. You know, I had to learn, put him in a box somewhere, you know, and let him come back out. So, you know, the bottom line is, is that I want people to see who the real you is and know because this is a platform that a lot of people see, and this will get shared by people. And yeah, do that. Share the hell out of this, folks. You know, because this way Thank people, you, you know, I Share know who you are. are, and I wanted to hear all and of, you know, the the impact that it had on you. One of the things we talked about last night was you've been working with a girl who's become a friend of yours yeah. who deals with a lot of this that does happen to women. Yeah, and she opened my eyes a lot. Um but, uh, we wrote, uh, she's a screenwriter, brilliant woman, went to Harvard for screenwriting. And, you know, when I stepped away from the spotlight, not necessarily by choice, I definitely wasn't so eager to jump back into it. And I started to write a TV series with this girl uh, that we're working on for pitch for sale. But point blank period, the girl who I work with is a sexual assault survivor who works with charities and works with. Uh, different organizations to work with sexual assault victims. And, you know, like I said, I made art out of anger at a time and I don't live with regret, but I know that, you know, a statement like I just read here would have probably bode a lot well for me back then than a music video going, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you what you wrote was one of the most beautiful things I've heard in a long time. Yeah, it really was. Well, I thank you. Um, I'm serious. You, there was a lot of love in that, and I, it, watching you read it, I was reading it over your shoulder. <sighs> man, it grabbed my heart, man. Uh, it wasn't easy to write, and it wasn't necessarily so something. You took time to do it. I took plenty of time to think about this uh, because there is that part of me that comes from that wrestling locker room that the Undertaker was the, you know, yep. judge, jury, executioner of when I was there. <laughs> And uh, when The Undertaker is the leader of your locker room, there's a certain level of mystique that comes along uh, with it. Whereas, you know, you play a character, Enzo Amore, maybe that's all I ever show you here. I, I, I show you Enzo, but I don't give you Eric. I didn't see Enzo there. And um, I've, been, I've been hiding Eric for years and giving you Enzo. And sometimes, you know, um, you gotta, you got to pull the curtain back and let them see who the real person is. And she has sounds so familiar. I mean, the, the, the dude, <laughs> look at Enzo, and the, the Enzo character and, and, and the things that I was trying to achieve were so grandiose that people really thought that was who I was, but and you acted like that all the time. I, I I'm talking about, okay. Like uh, <laughs> when me and big cast uh, in, invaded Madison square garden for the ring of honor, um, yeah, that's the next thing I want to go to. Yeah, so, you know, I, I did promos, and, and I set that thing up. Um, I invaded Survivor Series before that. No, 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 no. Let's start one thing at a time, Adrian. Okay. 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 One thing at a time. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen.
So back over to that. A lot of people took that as a shoot. Yeah. Was it a shoot? Hell no. And that's, you know, come on. Is it wrestling? Oh, yeah. You know? So who knew about it? They did blow up Vince McMahon in that car, though. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that one that too, was bro. real. He came back. He reincarnated. He got it. money. Yeah, so back to, back to, back to. So who knew about it? So um, the G1 Supercard invasion that me and Big Cass did, um, for one, I must say, look, the reason I'm here, right, for one, is that character I was playing wasn't getting booked, okay? When you try to do the Jake Paul, Takashi 6ix9ine, Logan Paul, like, hey, man, social media – like galvanizing people with they have to watch this. But all that anybody wanted to see that character I was playing was get punched in the face. And that was the point of it. It It's like, hey, guys, I'm going to put somebody over in the end here, but I'm playing this guy that's so outlandish that that you have to watch it, right? So in your face. So in your face. Like Logan Paul, like booking a fight, man. I'm thinking about this like pro wrestling, and I'm playing up this character that's off his rocker, Brian Pillman shit, right? Like, and that's not working for me no. because no one wanted to book that guy because they literally thought I was that guy. Yeah, right. And right. I worked everybody into thinking I'm this psychopath. But you were that fucking guy a lot of the times <laughs> behind the curtain. No, dude, <laughs> dude, take, take ownership. I'll take ownership. Uh, take ownership uh, I'll, t- I'll take ownership of, of the fact that there was definitely, uh, you know, when I was in the WWE, man. I was out drinking a lot. I was out partying a lot. I was out being Enzo a lot. I was being Enzo more than I was being Stop Eric. Here. Let, me ask, let, me ask let me ask something here. Would you do that today? No, 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 no. That's you live weird. and you learn. Right. Uh, okay. And I'm important. older now. We're talking about 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm 35 now. I started off in the business, never wrestled before 2011. So 10 years, I got signed in 2012. It's amazing. And I'm 28 years old. I'm a different man when I'm 30 than I am at 35. You know? I, I know that, yeah. but I want them to know. Yeah. yeah. That's so I want you to, yo. Yeah. So I, I learned. Because I wouldn't have you here. I yep. wouldn't have you here. I don't put my name yeah. on anybody. I get unless it. they're proven. You know, Jake. Yep. You know, came down, that, that resurrection, Jake the Snake, never gets seen if Jake doesn't freaking be on the journey for real and that Jake really loved them, you know, the documentary. Was there points he was like, oh, God, I can't watch that, but he did. You know, but every time it got a little less, a little less, and then he realized how many lives it was changing. So I put my name on Jake. I put my name on different people. Bringing you in, this was a heavy thing. I needed to know. I needed to believe, okay? And you showed me all the stuff to believe, but then I needed you to be you. Yeah. Not Enzo or anyone (laughs) like that person. Um. So, yeah, man, I, I, I definitely, man, we all make mistakes and I made plenty of them and you live and you learn. And uh, would I act the same way in any situation that I acted when I was 30? No, because I'm five years older now. And imagine what I went through. You know, I find that I have something to offer now. I, I like when, when I think about wrestling, I'm already thinking about the next generation. I did my thing. It's been 10 years and I was happy with the product I put out like. I'm not in this thing to try to wrestle, and it's all about me. Uh, I think that the love I have for the passion and that I have for pro wrestling is all-encompassing, and there's so much that goes into it. You know, you have to dance with another person for one. Yeah. You know, so you have to trust that guy. Two, three, or two, or or three, you know. And then there's all the fans out there. Then there's the guy shoveling cable through their legs, set up this fucking stage, man. And there's the fans in the crowd. There's so much that goes into it. To sit there and try to make it all about yourself, it's just, I mean, it's its its obnoxious. It's, you know, yeah. 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 So um, I find that, you know, when you really want that thing, when you want to be the best in the world at something or you really believe in yourself or you're pushing for that thing, all that comes along with it, the scrutiny, the heat, the, you know, everything, it's all circumstantial. And, and you kind of put yourself in those circumstances. And uh, – different strokes for different folks and you get the respect that you give yourself. And back then, I don't think I respected myself enough. I played that character that was funny. That was a joke. I wanted to go out and make people laugh and uh, that's all good, but I don't want to sit here and say people hate to see you having a good time, but 
you can't be on all the time and up here and elevated in this character that's always happy or trying to make people smile because this does get serious. This is a business and people's feelings get involved. And uh, this is what you've learned over the last really five years. Yeah. No, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's been a learning experience. And, you know, it's a humbling experience, obviously, when you're on top of the world and you get your carpet pulled out from under your feet and then the world calls you this or they say that about you yeah. and they don't even know the human I am. You know, the imagination can take you places you've never been. Um, and I will say, man, that uh, I had a lot of fun. And that's what this is to me. It was about those kids in the crowd, you know? Like, when I was a kid... I was talking to Jesse earlier, man. The most difficult thing I have with now is that when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Shawn Michaels, bro. I'm like sorry. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear from old timers, but yeah, I love Shawn. I got I never got to know I never got to know him for the very reason that I didn't I didn't want my hero to let me down because he is my hero. He still is. Like I just never got to know Sean and I was around him. I just wouldn't talk to him. I wouldn't ask him questions because I didn't want him to not like me. Like, imagine you like, imagine you like somebody so much that all the thing you're thinking of is I don't want him to not like me. So my best bet is to not talk to him, right? So Sean left wrestling for a little while when I was a kid. Um, he had some issues, whatever it was, one one way or another. He ended up leaving pro wrestling and he lost his smile in the storyline, if you recall. And they had sure. the fatal four way with Brett and Vader and. Uh, you know, and Stone Cold to win that title. You could not tell me when I was a kid that Sean wasn't coming back. You couldn't tell me that he wasn't going to be there next week. I couldn't comprehend that my favorite wrestler in the world is gone. Like I, I was a kid and I was just playing like, with his action. Like, mom, kid, you're going to live forever. Like, I, I, I didn't under, forever. I couldn't. My, and my mom couldn't explain it to me. And the dirt sheets or whatever it was at that time, like their excuses. Like, imagine me just being like, Mom, where's Sean? Like, why, why is he here? Why was he coming back? It hurt me so bad as a kid, and it was real. Like, yeah. I'm not playing. Like, it was real. I was devastated. Sure. I'm at meet and greets now all the time, right? And kids come up to me, and they're like, when are you coming back to WWE? Why aren't you on AEW? Why, why, where are you wrestling now? What are you doing? And I can't explain to them. No, I know, man. And I, how do I sit here and give you my reason or tell you what happened? You're just a kid, and you're looking at me, and you don't yeah. understand. And all yeah, you want to do is really see, hard spot. see me wrestle again, and it breaks my fucking heart. And it's like, dude, like if it was up to me, maybe I'd be out there for you. Like I take myself out of it at times where I'm like, man – do you want to bite bullets? Do you want to eat shit sandwiches and learn to like taste them? That's what comes along with it. So if you do want to do this thing, that's what it takes. So I've done it once before. And there was a time two years ago where I wasn't willing to do that thing. I know you are. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to have anything to do with wrestling. And it was through my best friend, Big Cass, that I got back into pro wrestling. And so now let's go to the garden. Yeah. Okay, so who knows about it? So, um, Joey Mercury, Sinclair Broadcasting, the people who run Ring of Honor, are the initial phone call I got. So I got a call from Sinclair and Joey Mercury asking me if I wanted to do Madison Square Garden on a microphone, cut a promo or be on commentary or some shit, or maybe do a spot. And at that point, I said, Joey, are you kidding? I just trended number one in the world at Survivor Series. We have to pay that off. Because if you do the same angle with me and Cass, oh. the people will think it's real. Because what worked for me in Survivor Series was everyone who's at Survivor Series, WWE is not filming. Right, let's me. go. Let's go back to Survivor Series. That was what came off earlier. And well, it had to be done to set up what I was going to do. Right. Okay. So. Like I had. Like it. it I'm not in the, at that point, I'm angry. At that point, um, I don't want to go back to WWE. And at that point. I'm in the Enzo brand now. I'm in the real one brand. And the way I was thinking about it was like, hey, man, I got a following on social media. You guys didn't have this in 1998. So if somebody got fired in 98 and they had a following, what would they do? Sure. So, yeah. I, okay, I'm my own brand now, and i got to look out for number one. So if I show up to Survivor Series, that will book this character, this Brian Pillman character that I'm creating – back into wrestling off his rocker. No one knows what he's going to do. And that to me is money. That's where it people, was money. 
People will watch. They will watch because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to be said. Okay, so and, and they believe I, that it's real. And they believe but, it but I real. have to interject here because I was there with Pillman and Bischoff, and Bischoff knew, yeah, and, and so did Kevin Sullivan. They knew Brian was going to go off that night. Now he didn't tell me, and I've just walked up to him earlier that day and was like, Brian, listen, man. You gotta stop this crazy. He just done something where he was like screaming, yelling, Andy Kaufman. You know, it was what he was doing. Yeah. You know, in the back, and I'm like, bro, Bishop loves you, man. I know he wants to do something with you. You gotta be patient, though. Patience is oh, the key. Yes, it it is. doesn't happen on your time. And I said, you know, and I didn't say that to him, but that's how what I know more than anything now. And that night he went out there and he did that. Okay. And Bischoff knew, Sullivan knew. Now it turned into a shoot because his contract was up. So that's why he left and, and Vince made him a better offer. Yeah. And that then he was getting from Eric. So my point is when you do that thing there at Survivor Series, you pretty much kill yourself off for WWE. Yeah. You know, which like, I planned on doing. Yeah. I, I, I was burning I, a bridge on fire at that point. Right. And I wasn't. Never do that. I yeah. know. I mean, but, but, it, but, but, but it is what it is. But it is what it is. And the reason why you're on today, and we are talking about this, and I asked Steve to come out here because I want to do like a short video on this because a lot of people aren't going to see this or hear this, you know, and I want people to know that you were vindicated from that thing. You, Except the you know the obvious of like hey WWE didn't have any choice yeah, in that scenario certainly and you fucking had to go bye bye. Bottom line is you didn't do it, and no. so many times people actually get you know the, you get scorched on the internet or oh you get me too or whatever brutal, you get whatever man. happens to you for whatever reason, and then they find out oh. Never happened. Never happened. That they don't put something out. That saying. never comes out by the press or any of that shit. Yeah. So that's where social media is a blessing. Yeah. So that's why I wanted you to come in. You know, we're going to talk to Steve because you have done some interviews, parts stuff in here that will under. I want to show people how and you are a good person. Well, I, you know, I have to say, like, I, 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 I a lot of the growth I've done, like. You know, I'm not with them anymore. I'm a single man right now, but I have to give credit to some beautiful angels of ex-girlfriends, man. Women that came into my life at a time where I needed. Like, dude, the PTSD for being me too, I couldn't talk to a girl at a bar, couldn't be alone in a room with a girl, would get bugged out and sketched out and, you know, start video recording in my phone or voice memo recording so that the conversation was like, imagine the mental that I went through. And so... I ended up having a couple of girlfriends over the past few years that saw me through a very difficult time and allowed me to love and just, you know, just the kindness of these women, man. And, 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 you know, I look at my ex-girlfriends, every single one of them and all angels in my life, they all came and went and, 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 in a fashion that made me smarter, made me stronger, sure, made dude. me a better man. I've had and uh, those those women were angels, especially the most recent girl that I dated. Um, you know, in order for me to really, you know, I say this and it's so cliche and it's bad, but I can't date her and date destiny. Mm. Okay. I'm trying to make things happen in my life. And it's just, uh, there's a lot of time that needs to be, you know, given to myself. I never took me time to just look in my heart and soul ask myself what it is that I want in this life and what it is that I'm trying to achieve. Cause quite frankly, dude, I never thought I would ever win a title in wrestling. I never thought I'd be in the WWE. And it's like, all these things happen for me. And it's like, check off the bucket list, check off the they bucket list. They will happen as long as you keep your eye on the prize and you stay focused. But the, even the then, biggest, I didn't know. The biggest know. thing with you is I see you needing to slow the hell down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm starting to get a headache over here. Yeah. It's slow it's a, down. A little man. bit of a version, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Stone Cold first got to say, hey, you ever meet Dallas? I mean, Dallas. Because he was with me over that time. Yeah. All the time. So did Jake. Well, you know, we like to dabble in sports a little bit here on DDP Snake Pit, but. I got to ask you, do you ever get frustrated that you can't watch certain live sporting events because they aren't televised or they're maybe not even available in your country? 
Well, I got a solution for you. With NordVPN, I can switch my virtual location to a country that is showing the sporting event that I want to watch. So I don't miss out and I can watch all of the action live. You ever hear maybe about a new TV show or a film and you really get excited to watch it, but then you find out that it's not available in your country? Well, with NordVPN, I can switch my virtual location on my device with one click and I can access streaming services from more than 60 countries at no cost. And this opens up a Pandora's box of entertaining content, which I wouldn't be able to access without NordVPN. It's the price of a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content from all around the world. And you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash ddpsnake to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus four months for absolutely free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash ddpsnake. So um, back to the Survivor Series parlay thing yeah in my mind i was told by advisors me and you have similar advisors i'm not gonna say his name but he told me don't do that don't (laughs) buy a do not buy a ticket to survivor series put on a wig show up in the second row and stand up on your seat you're an idiot and i said look i'm really not trying to go back okay i'm trying to make a name for myself but i want to still wrestle and i want to create a character that's off his hinges that people will Watch. Oh, that'll still do it. <laughs> so I go to Survivor Series, and what did happen there that made me trend number one in the world was a vision I had. Was WWE is not going to put this on camera. Nope. So when they don't put it on camera, all the videos of me in the crowd are going to go viral. And if you're at home and you're watching the crowd and they're looking at something, what are you going to do? You're going to go on your phone and you're going to type in to see what what is the crowd reacting to that they're not showing on camera. And now, all of a sudden, number one trend in the world, right? We got that so, part. So, <laughs> in order to do that shot with um, the garden, I said to Joey Mercury, who was the producer on headsets, I said, who booked me, I said, you cannot shoot this. If you shoot it, yeah. or you smarten up the commentary, or you smarten he, up the cameraman, yeah, or the boys, it's going to leak. The yeah. internet's oh, going to yeah. find out. Everybody's going to know about it. But it's so, horseshit. So it's horseshit then. So the only people that can know about it are the Briscoes who were fighting, Joey Mercury, the producer, Sinclair Broadcasting, who brought us in, and Bubba Ray, who's going to hit the ring to break it up. Because we have a pass with Bubba. It kind of looks like, okay, yeah. he's going to break it up, right? Right, right? So Joey came to my boxing gym um, in New Jersey the night before the Garden with the Briscoes. Now, me, the Briscoes, and uh, Big Cat. Great guys to do it with, by the way. The Briscoes Briscoes, I love you guys. Every time we see them now on the indies, it's just nothing but love because we pulled something off that I don't know anybody else but those two psychos could have pulled off. <laughs> right. Like, I I've really don't that. know if anybody else would have done this shit the way they did it. <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, we're talking about they had a fucking whole match. A whole match. And then had a fist fight after it. <laughs> bro, imagine how blown up they were, bro. That's like, funny. That's bro, funny. Bro, bro. So, but those fuckers are hardcore. Bro. They're hardcore, they're bro. Hardcore. They came to my boxing gym, me, Cass, and them, and we just said, okay, live rounds, not to the nose or eyeballs, and try to leave with your teeth. Right. But hey, man, this has to be Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton level, real violence, bust open, get bloodied. You should leave with a black eye. Like, we should really make this as real as fucking possible. Hard way, baby. So, Joey Mercury <laughs> lays out the ring. He, he draws up the plans for how we're going to do it and what our entrance is. And then Joey did not smarten up anybody it was going to happen. <laughs> so, right before me and Cass. So it's like 7.25 p.m. At 7.30, me and Cass are going to go through the side door of the garden. All right? Oh, I was wondering how that happened. So we're going to walk in, side door, hoods on, black hoods. Right. Nobody knows it's us. Right. Joey sends somebody from Ring of Honor to get us, but doesn't tell him who or what's happening. Right. That guy came to that door and saw it was Enzo and Cass. He was letting in, and he was like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's fucking on, bro, right? Like, what is about to happen? So the match happens. 
New Japan's not smartened up about it, which goes over my head. But they, I'm not, it. I'm not booked in it. Like, like if you didn't tell New Japan, that's not my problem. No, we're just booked, doing a part, doing man. my job. You booked me to do this spot, and we risked our lives. Me and Cass went out there, and we pulled off something with the Briscoes. It wasn't just us and Bubba. That was as real as any work shoot that anyone's ever seen in the history of wrestling, right? But they didn't shoot it. So Joey is on headset commentary. Don't put this over. Do not put this over, commentary. Do not put this over. Cameramen, do not shoot this. Everyone in the crowd has their phones out, right? Right, right? Now everyone's Googling it. Number one trend in the world, right? It worked. Great. Now, the next day... But that night, we're on the phone with Joey. Like, we, I, like I love you, bro. Yeah, he's like, I love you. I can't believe we pulled it off. Like, holy fucking shit. I'm getting a lot of heat for it, guys. Like, this shit's pretty real. Some, I don't know what the fallout was with Joey and Ring of Honor and all that happened. But imagine that me and Cass literally risked our lives and did this spot. And, and dude, I was fucking, dude, I puked when we got out of there. Like, I, <laughs> my face was blown up. I had a black eye. I was just, fucking dry heaving because i just had a fist fight that lasted for like seven minutes <laughs> that, that nobody broke up we're and i'm thinking when we hit the ring i'm thinking me and Cass say to each other like bro get ready to cover up because the boys could jump in right you know what i yeah. mean like all the guys that were in that match yeah try to break this thing up the boys hit the ring from the locker room like anything could happen and we don't mm. know but me and Cass walked out with our middle fingers in the air and left and on our own power by the way, the second I got out of that curtain, I was fucking. <laughs> yeah, right. I got to hold that Superman yeah, shit so Superman long. Superman shit like this. The second I was out there, I was like, oh my God, those briscoes are nuts. Isn't it amazing how much you can pull from the people? It's crazy. They're, that energy that you get, they give you to be able to do that. Yeah. That's, that's why we do this. Yeah. That's why we do this. I learned working for AEW. When everybody was getting sick, you know, and they weren't having crowds at the building, just how horrible it feels yeah. <laughs> out there when there are I no people. Imagine. And you're having to take a bump. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. I wanted to put one hand down and leave it in the knee, and then I'll do a little rollover. Oh, <laughs> oh bro, dude. Do the puppy rollover. I couldn't credit to all the boys who worked oh, through the pandemic, God. man. Both oh, sides of the car. Oh my God, bro. No crowd. I, I saw they it. did it, man, because I can't, I can't fight. I can't go. It, it don't take many oh, people. Bro, I, it don't take many people. Ten people will do it for me. <laughs> I'm an easy nut. I, I pop quick, you know. Sometimes it's premature, sometimes it's not. But I, I squirt, okay? Oh. If I've got somebody to squirt too. Oh. But, but without them, I don't have a partner. I don't need the guy in the ring. I need these people outside the ring. Yeah, bro. I don't know how they did it. I said in one time, I was like joking in a promo, and I was like, I have no interest in wrestling in the Best Buy home theater section. Because remember, they did the Thunderdome and they were wrestling in front of TVs with fake people. And I was oh like, bro, God. how are they doing that? Like, credit to all the boys who they, they, take both. Because they're all super Fake mad. crowd audience and noise mad. and shit. Imagine. Yeah. Like, what a unique time period to look back on. Yeah, wrestling. it is. Um, well, I want us to be able to look back on what has happened to you and bring you here. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't thank you there's guys not, enough for just having people, me here. It's cool. There's not many people. I'm sitting in between Jake Roberts and DDP. There's not many people that I'm going to throw shit. my name out there. There's been a few in the past. Like, let me think. Uh, uh, oh, Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, Steve Austin. Uh, yeah, Undertaker. Uh, a few more, you know, Road Warriors. Yeah, those are my guys. Guys that I brought in. Guys that I spent time with. And I just told you earlier, I want you to come and spend time with me. Yeah. Because I want to see you out there. Yeah, man. And I want everybody that's watching, let's get on the Joey. Let's get on the boat here. Let's get on the boat. Let's let's get let's get Eric on the boat with us. Yeah. And we'll sail off. And somebody out there that's smart that runs one of these companies. Is going to latch on to him, and they're going to be so damned happy they did. And here's why: the only reason I want it, because I can say, I told you so. <laughs> I thank you, and I. You, but with I that, guarantee you, if you spend time with him and I, it will happen. With that being said, thank you.
Well, John, you got anything, uh, any questions for him? Oh, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I think my question, Eric, really would be, so why do you feel now is the time for you to put all that stuff out there, to put yourself back out there, and, and this is the appropriate time for us to be reintroduced to you? Well, for one, the, the Jake Paul, Logan Paul, brash character I was using wasn't working, right? Like, <laughs> I, 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 right? like they didn't want to book the heel version of me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I must say real quick, you know, Ring of Honor did not follow up that match with me and Cass. So imagine wow. you could have sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah. With Enzo and Cass, G.O.D. and the Briscoes in a tag team title match, you could you would have sold out the Garden again. And now Ring of Honor sold out to Tony Khan. Yeah, the company would maybe still be alive if they booked that match. But then again, that's on them. That's on them. And uh, beyond that, it wasn't the right timing because Cass needed time. Yeah, he and really I did. needed time. You both did. We both. You both did time. the smart thing. So he had to step away because you weren't ready. I wasn't ready. Uh, I don't think that the character and, and, and the person was ready to step back into wrestling. I, I can honestly say this, man. The first go around in pro wrestling, I didn't even do it for me. It was for everyone who who, who was back home that yeah. I couldn't let be. I, I didn't want to look like a liar. I told you I was going to go be a pro wrestler. I told you I was going to be in the WWE. And if I fucking leave to Florida and I come home and I didn't do that thing, I look like a liar. Right? Yeah. And I needed to do it for my friends. And you know how many people end up going because everybody hears about the performance center down there in, uh, in Orlando. And I've been there numerous times teaching DDPY to the young guys down there and girls. Um, there's a hundred people there. Maybe, maybe 25% really get the shot. Yeah. They get the shot, even get on NXT to be able to maybe go to the show. Yeah, I, you know, I'd say less than twenty five. Yeah, say no, all the that's crazy. Twelve percent. Huh? Yeah, uh, you know, I say it. Uh, I came in in Triple H's first ever recruiting class when he was head of talent and developmental. He just took over, and the people we came in about thirty of us, and the ones that made it were Mojo, Baron Corbin, who played in the NFL, sure. Charlotte Flair, and fucking. <laughs> And fucking Enzo off the moving truck. <laughs> but there was four of us that made it. And that was, think about the percentage there. I mean, yeah. four out of 30, that's probably about the, that's how it goes every time, yeah. right? Um, you know, I, I, I don't want anybody to think like at any moment that, you know, this is like a cry, you know, this no, is just no, me no, being no, me. No, no. And, and for the first time, probably, um, Doing it like this, and it was needed. Well, let, me, let me interject, okay? Because I have to with you. <laughs> People have to do the same thing to me. <laughs> but you know, everybody knows that you can go as far as interview and do your work and and get out there and have a good match. And but they were more, I think, more afraid than anything. Absolutely. Like, like what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, what's going to come out of your mouth? Are you going yeah. to continue to be that yeah. guy in the back? Because when you walk through the curtain, you should be Eric, period. You know, because it's it, it's a work. Yeah. You know, but are you going to be it? And I think not till now are people, you know, going to see Seeing as a real human being. Yeah. And, Before and you were just a character. Exactly. And that's what we need to say. You were and, a toy, man. You know. Uh, Boy toy. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, real quick. Um, one thing I want to touch on. So why did I get back into it? Why is now the time? Why do I want to do this? That first go around, like I said, wasn't for me, right? But that first go around, my grandmother was in the front row at the Barclays Center when I did Brooklyn NXT for the first time. And when Big Cass threw me out of the ring sideways, I have a picture of me pointing at my grandma. <laughs> Right, I'm in the air and I'm pointing at her. Most people never get that opportunity. They never to express get that love that they have for another human being, and I think that's just wonderful. Barclays Center, Brooklyn, NXT. My grandma's in the front row. I get that moment, man. I did it. I did that's what awesome. I said I was gonna fucking do, bro. I went to Florida. I became a pro wrestler, like I said I would, and I got to look my grandma in the eyes and say I did it, and she got to witness it. She never saw, it. and she you were has a legitimate man at that moment. Yeah. 
I did it, man. It was, a real man. Yeah, man. I did it. It was and real. Not many people. Not even 1%. Oh, so I miss her, man. I miss her. So the point is, bro, I made a, uh, I got to spend, when I got fired by WWE, I spent the last six months of my grandmother's life living with her. I got to be with my every grandma time, every yeah. fucking day. Me and my little brother. And what is opportunity if opportunity is not provided unto others? My little brother is one of the biggest music video makers in the world. Post Malone, Motley Crue, my brother shoots it. He started off shooting my videos, and now he's a star. My brother's a bigger star and more successful than I am. And I couldn't ask for anything more. So my second life now hasn't been about me. It's been about what happened to the people around me how did I parlay my opportunities into opportunities for others around me? And how can I build off that? And that has been my biggest blessing, right? So now, Grandma, we shoot a music video, a song called Grace, no curse words in it, and my brother, and it's me and my grandma in the video, right? Mm. Well, she's not there. So this second go around, why do I want this now more than ever? Because I have a little goddaughter who, the only wrestling she ever saw and it was only because I made it a point. You have to bring her. I don't care if she doesn't know what she's seeing. We need the pictures. My, my goddaughter got to come watch me at Madison Square Garden, have my only match in the WWE in the Garden for a title fight, for the Cruiserweight title. And we have all the pictures of her with Braun Strowman and Roman and people backstage. And, and she's How just old a, was she then? She was three. Oh, my God. So she didn't know what was going on. Well, but those pictures will remind her. Yes. Yeah. But now... Now that little goddaughter's eight years old. Oh, she's prime time. And the kids in her school are starting to watch wrestling. And she doesn't know who Enzo Amore is. Mm. She knows Uncle Eric. Right. Right? But now it's like, I had grandma in the front row, and I never thought it could get sweeter. I thought it was it. I was like, I did that thing, and now a bucket list is checked, and I almost really don't have anything to do now. Like, that that was it. I did WrestleMania. That was it. I and at that point, I'm living crazy because I did these things that I wanted to do. Buck checking it off the bucket list, right? Well, now, man, those little fans that see me at this meet and greet, and they're like, hey, why aren't you out there? Or like, hey, you, you, where are you? What happened? Or what? And my little goddaughter. I want my little goddaughter in the front row now when I get thrown over the top rope so I can point at her like I pointed at my grandma. <laughs> That's what this shit's about now. Just don't land on her. <laughs> that's a, that's what this is one's about, man. This one ain't about me. Well, that's great. This is about biting the bullets that you need to bite to do the things for the people around you that are going to appreciate it. Bro, could you imagine after that news hit, what I went through, my mother walking through my own hometown, buying a bagel or ducking her head, you know, worried about shame. what people have to fucking think or say about her. Son. Like, I, the thought of that kills me. Like, what they went through. It wasn't me, man. It was them. It's not about me. It's about what I'm putting them through. And now I just need to get on TV for them. It ain't about me as much as it, they want me to make it about me. My you need, mom, you need my, to heal, man. My mom and dad are like, you need to do this for you, Eric. You need to do this for you. And I'm always, right. the, I'm always the guy that's like, no, it ain't about me. You know, my parents have three kids, an older sister. Uh, who has a goddaughter, and I have a younger brother who's got a fiance. He's getting married. He wants a family. Look, you've got three kids, right? Well, one of those three kids probably should return the favor of wiping ass, putting a roof over the head, and taking care of you like you took care of me when I was a baby. All three of us. Well, I find myself at 35 with no wife, no kids, in a position to help my parents, and that is, to me, I don't think I'll ever leave New Jersey again. I lived in L.A., house in the hills with the homies from high school in the fucking Hollywood life. I did it, okay? But he, was the, doing the, he was doing the uh, Mark Wahlberg thing. Bro, yeah, I did Entourage for real. I'm at the title. I'm out there on TV. I, on show. I believe it. You no, deserve it. Let's get out of here, guys. Yeah, let's get out of here. But this, this go around, man. Do it for Jake. Do it for the fans. Do it for the kids. Do it for the family. Folks, check it out. You should take what you wrote and put that on a T-shirt, man. <laughs> I'd buy some. All right. If you're going by, that's, nah, that's, it that's was 25 sweet, off the rip. The bottom line is I wanted to get you in here, bro. I wanted you yeah. to just be able to say your piece. And, I, you know, get I believe freedom in you. from it. You know, I believe in you. I think you'll, you'll eventually get that opportunity. I know you will. Just remember, it's patience is more than anything. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen when you want it to. And now you wanted to, so now it's just going to take some time. People are going to see you and believe Be real cool. 
be the real one. <laughs> oh, I like the way you segued that. You learned that from him, didn't you? Right. What do you got to say? Uh, uh, he's paying attention. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but no, we appreciate your time, Eric, uh, and, and greatly appreciate you swinging by in person for this as well. Is there anything you'd like to plug out there? Anything you'd like to throw out there for people? Um, no, I mean, look, people know I make music. It's out there. I'm not going to use this as a plug for us. You don't do cameo. Oh, I got cameo, baby. Hey, Hit me do, up on we cameo. All do cameo. Sixty-nine dollars a pop. Hey, there you go. <laughs> cheaper nice. than him. Cheaper than him. Hey, <laughs> come to me first, and you get two of their screen. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, gotcha. Gotcha. We'll see you next week. See you later. See you next week here on DDP Snake Pit.